This is Limitless Possibility. I'm Yannick Maillet. Luc Olivier is currently out on assignment at AltConf in San Jose. Uh, we have a lot of WWDC follow-up to talk about, but we'll deal with it on next episode. In the meantime, I decided to bring on someone to talk about a topic we love, and that is the city of Yokohama, and I'm joined by my pal, Maddie. Hello, I'm Maddie, uh, aka Spiritsnare on Twitter. Nice to meet you guys. Cool. Um, so we're just going to jump right in. Yokohama, you've probably heard about it on the show before. Uh, if not, it is a city to the south of Tokyo in Kanagawa Prefecture. Central Yokohama is about 40 to 50 minutes away by train from central Tokyo. It is the second largest city in Japan. And tourist attractions include Chinatown, Minato Mirai 21, and the beautiful view of the bay and the Yokohama Bay Bridge. It's pretty stunning. Yokohama is a city that comes up a lot on our show, uh, mostly because I am a big nerd and I have been to Yokohama once every year since 2011. <laughs> <laughs> and most of the time for longer than a month at a time, which is very privileged. Uh, and usually I always get the same accommodations in between Ishikawa Cho and Kanai Station. So when I'm over there, it feels like it's my second home, uh, very familiar and everything I need is close by. And I've got a lot of friends in Kawasaki, which is about 15 minutes away. So that's a bonus. So this episode might be a little bit shorter than usual, but it's just a nice little treat for you while Dukodivia is out there. Uh, and I'm going to focus on three questions. So the first one, what was your first visit like, and what drew you to go to Yokohama for the first place? How do I put this? Uh, I was first drawn to Yokohama because I wanted to study abroad in Japan. And at the time, uh, I was studying at San Jose State University, um, and they had about like four, uh, four or five different choices for studying abroad in Japan um, as a major in Japanese language because I wanted to be a localizer of video games and stuff. Of course, my heart was set on studying abroad in Japan, getting getting that immersion on. And so the colleges or the universities that I had to pick from were Kansai Gaidai University, somewhere in Kansai, um, Kyushu University in Fukuoka, Okayama University in Okayama, and Yokohama National University in Yokohama. And it took me a lot of soul-searching for me to figure out, like, exactly how I wanted to do this. I knew I wanted to do studying abroad, but I didn't know like what the right balance was. Should I go for a, a far more countryside experience like Okayama? Or should I go and um should I go full like city life and have a lot more access to the things I'd be interested in, like like arcades and um anime culture, stuff like that subculture pop culture and after a while i after i deliberated for a while i set my heart on kyushu university about a week before everything was due and i hadn't even started the process of signing up for study abroad so that was out so instead i was like okay might as well just like stay as close to tokyo as possible and i picked yokohama so that's uh that was what drew me to Yokohama in the first place. I had no idea what Yokohama would be like. Um I had never visited even though I had visited Japan before um on a 4-day layover uh from somewhere else in Asia with my family. And it was fantastic, but I did not have the um I didn't have the knowledge to go, or yeah, I guess the knowledge to go to Yokohama because I didn't know it was even there. 
all I was pretty set on was doing like experiencing Tokyo and doing like anime pilgrimages for the first time. Uh, ended up going up to Saitama instead to do a Lucky Star pilgrimage, nice. which. Yeah, which I may or may not get back to later in the episode. <laughs> wow. In case. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I ended up going, and the first night was kind of hectic. I arrived at Yokohama Station uh, from a bus from Naita, and my tutor just sent me through... I, I, I followed my tutor through, like, five different, like levels of Yokohama Station, trying to catch up with him as he made his way to the subway, which would bring me to my dorms in Gumyoji. And that was that was a very interesting experience. <laughs> <laughs> um and from then on out I just slowly started getting used to the area. And I guess the rest is history. Um <laughs> I not sure what else to say past this part. Yeah, we we met up for the first time. Uh, no, not for the first time. For the second time in person in Yokohama while you were studying abroad. Because we originally met in 2011 when I went with Shannon, which is one of my friends, uh, to Google I.O. And we met you there. Funnily enough, Shannon is also coming with me to Japan this summer uh, with his girlfriend since I'm going to be his tour guide. Uh, so that's kind of weird. But yeah, uh, we had a fun time in Yokohama. And I'm sure we'll talk a lot about that. <laughs> But first, I guess I should share my first visit experience as well. Uh, I'm going to talk more about the initial appeal because, like, unlike you, I sort of had an idea of what Yokohama was like before I chose to go there. Mm -hmm. So it, it's weird. Like, a lot of people love cheering on the underdogs. Uh, I am a weirdo who cheers on the second place thing a lot in general. Mm -hmm. And, of course, Yokohama being second place uh, in overall population after the special words of Tokyo... It's like, oh, look at the second place city. I'm sure it's really cool. Uh, so there was sort of like favoritism for the second place city in there, which was really <laughs> weird. There's, of course, beautiful Bayside view and lit Ferris wheels at night. Like that is top notch aesthetic right here in full width uh, alphabet characters. And yeah, I guess it's really the strong retro futurist aesthetic. I, I sort of have this uh, Narita Express time travel theory which is Chiba is a 1980s city struggling to stay relevant. Tokyo is a very well-calculated, well-thought-out contemporary city of the 2000s, and Yokohama is what people thought the 2000s would be like in the 80s. And <laughs> when you actually do the research, that's actually sort of the case, because Minato Mirai 21 was an urban renewal project that was devised throughout the 80s to serve as glue between the two city centers of Yokohama Station for Business and Kanai Station for Entertainment. And it is literally a 1980s envisioning of what the Bayside Business District of the 2000s would look like. And to be honest, it's a lot better than a lot of cities in the 2000s. Let me tell you that. <laughs> so, yeah, when I was planning out my first trip to Japan, I knew I had to jam Yokohama in there somehow, but I wasn't sure how. And I decided since I wasn't sure I was going to like it and I knew there was some stuff I was pretty guaranteed to like in Tokyo, I said, OK, I'm just going to stay the first night and I'll do the first night and like the early afternoon of my first day there in Yokohama and then go sleep in Tokyo and do all the fun Tokyo stuff. Unfortunately, one day was not enough to properly explore Yokohama, especially considering that I got lost in Yokohama Station on the night that I got there. <laughs> Definitely happens. Yeah, it happens to everybody. It's like a rite of passage for people who go to Yokohama. 
I was I basically had it in my head that I was going to walk from Yokohama Station to Minato Mirai 21 because of course I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to see both. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> uh, I ended up going out one exit. Then I was like, I think I went the wrong place, but I couldn't get back inside the station. Eventually, I ended up finding out another exit. Then I wound up being at Yokohama Bay Quarter for God knows what reason. <laughs> and yeah it turned in circles a really long time uh at the time i was using a really crappy sim card with low bandwidth uh and google maps this is the one year that google maps actually loaded on that sim card every other year after that it never worked but i eventually got google maps running and i got to minato minai 21 very very late and it was much windier and colder than it should have been so i didn't get to enjoy it as much as i wanted to but i did eventually mm -hmm. see cosmo clock 21 and it was awesome Absolutely awesome. Cosmo Clock Twenty One is definitely the first, uh, the first thing I saw from the bus. Um, it's very iconic. Yeah, the bus as it travels from Narita Airport um, goes across the Yokohama Bay Bridge, and given that it was night, it was like this beautiful like cityscape of just like the the towers of Yokohama. Um, basically, like if you search for Yokohama, you'll probably see that like basically see what I saw, except a lot closer up and from a distance it still looked really beautiful and even through um heavy rain it still looked really beautiful oh yeah oh, i love rain in yokohama it's so awesome it, i'm a big fan of reflections uh like rain reflections on the ground and everything oh my god yokohama in the rain <laughs> is awesome especially like isazaki mall in oh, the rain man. like yeah. those tiles shine up when it's raining and it's awesome although you do get proposition for sex a lot more uh during rainstorms i will tell you that <laughs> i thought i was going to say something but i forgot what so let's oh yeah yeah what i was going to say is yokohama well actually all of like the tokyo metro area but i, I i'm biased of course towards yokohama it is fantastic on the highway uh if you're in a car or something i was Unfortunately, I got very screwed over during my last trip to Japan and ended up spending like 30 hours traveling to Japan, which is way more hours than it should have been. And I luckily had a friend who picked me up at the airport because technically I got there after the airport was supposed to be like closed. And she drove me from Narita to Yokohama and it was an awesome drive and now i just want to spend all my time on the highway so that is unfortunate because i can't drive um but maybe someone i'll find someone who can drive me around yokohama uh for fun this summer who knows okay uh question number two is what has kept you coming back to yokohama now i know you're less fortunate than i am in that you didn't actually get to go as often as i did throughout that mm -hmm. period I, I think you went back twice since you studied abroad Yes, uh, so I studied abroad 2012-2013, graduated, found a job, uh, immediately using the proceeds from that job, uh, hopped over to Yokohama uh, in 2015, winter 2015-2016 uh, for Christmas New Year's, and I did it again in 2016-2017, and that was a lot of fun. And what kept me going back to Yokohama for both of those times was, I'm not gonna lie, there there's a huge huge like nostalgia factor that plays into this mm. i definitely um during the first time i came back i met up with a couple of old university pals and we hung out um we hung out we uh we visited old dorms um unfortunately the uh 
the matron wasn't there to see us, but we snuck in anyway, and we wrote, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, we were here, Maddie was here, turned around, like, the old neighborhood, our old stomping grounds, turned around uh, our old university, which had um, changed quite a bit since we had left, which was really surprising, because it had only been, like, three years. Yeah, I, I'm shocked in general at how much Yokohama evolves from trip to trip. Yeah, it keeps things fresh, um, admittedly. And in addition to that, like I, um, even though I had studied abroad there for a year, I wasn't really able to experience most of Yokohama because I was a broke college student. Yeah. And I was spending all of my money on arcade games. Don't do this. This is, this is an awful, awful thing to do to yourself. <laughs> but there, there was, there's a vice there. So in addition to, um, in addition to all the new things that's brought around the Yokohama or Yokohama City, I get to get introduced to new things, and also I get to um, uh, I get to experience things that I hadn't experienced before. In addition to um, fulfilling my nostalgia quota for the trip. Yeah, and occasionally you get to like introduce me to stuff, like when we went to Yoshimura uh, to go eat some ramen, which is the greatest ramen I've ever had. Yeah, same. Um, <laughs> Yoshimuriya, apparently, or like famous enough to land itself an anime cameo in, uh, the recent anime, Koizu, or Miss Koizumi Loves Ramen Noodles. I'm, I'm not sure how to describe this for, um, for your listeners. It is a very, very rich, fatty pork chicken. Like, um, I, I'm not even sure how to describe, like, how, how the broth is. The broth is r- really rich. The noodles are, like, thick and chewy. Um, the chashu, or, uh, the grilled pork is, like, melts in your mouth fantastic. Oh, it was amazing. And pairs, yeah, it pairs with the, pairs with the soup so well. However, like, uh, it is definitely really, like, just, um, Yoshimuria is, like, the, the first of, it's kind like there's there's a style of ramen called EAK ramen or house style ramen, um, and it's only called um, it's only called EAK because the last kanji or the last Chinese character in Yoshimuriya means house, and they just like took that and referred to that as like um, you could call or you could pronounce that either ya or ie depending on where it is, and people just referred to Yoshimuria style ramen as EAK ramen for short. And there are there are a bunch of um, places that kind of espouse this uh style of ramen. None are as good as Yoshimuria though. Um they continue to draw like I think it's like three thousand people per day or something like that. Or so they say on like their website. It's pretty insane. But if you ever get a chance, um definitely do check it out. Definitely my favorite ramen place. Um, your mileage may vary. It is very strong, but definitely still give it a shot. One thing I found quite entertaining is I went to go visit a friend who lives in an apartment in Yokohama. And when I was trying to get back to the station after leaving his place, he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. just go to Yoshimura. Oh, wait, you're a foreigner. You don't know that as like this point of interest that everybody in the city knows. And I was like, no, no, I got it. I got it. I know where it is. <laughs> Uh, and it also helps that it's across the street from a kokoichi, and I know every kokoichi in Yokohama, so there we go. <laughs> uh, okay, so what keeps me going back to Yokohama? Well, um, as you know, I have a lot of crazy interests. 
Uh, this is why this podcast exists, partially. <laughs> and I have a long-standing fascination with the design of urban environments, uh, whether it's just the layout or zoning of a city or shopping malls, how they differentiate themselves from the dozens of other similar malls in the same vicinity. And Yokohama delivers on both of these fascinations. So... <laughs> On the design of urban environments specifically, central Yokohama, like a lot of Japan, is very walkable. However, what central Yokohama has that a lot of Japan is sort of lacking is it's designed like you would design an open-world video game city. Very often, there is a clear golden path that takes you from point A to point B, uh, the big waypoints in the city. But more often than not, if you deviate from that path, you're rewarded with unique diversions. So a good example of this is if you're at Sakuragicho Station and you're trying to get back to Kanai, uh, you can get back to it by the Golden Path, and that is fine. But your experience is elevated to a whole new level if you just turn right onto Bashamichi. Because then you've got the smell of the soup curry fused with the faint sound of saxophone leaking from the doors of the jazz clubs late at night, and it is absolutely fantastic. And from that description, you can probably tell, I really like that experience, and I am desperately trying to recreate it in any way possible like i'm like <laughs> i'm trying all the jazz stations on my uh amazon neko and everything just trying to find the perfect fit so that i can make it work not quite there yet <laughs> uh, another great example is uh the minato mirai line so there's practically no reason to take the minato mirai line anywhere because it's very overpriced however uh, minato mirai line stations have some absolutely awesome architecture and they're totally worth going to because even if you're like just taking photos because they're awesome to see and they're like i said they were designed rather recently with the 2000s in mind and so there's a lot of funky modern architecture which is really cool as for the malls, well, there is no shortage of malls in Japan in general, uh, but especially in the Yokohama and Sakuragicho station areas, uh, there are a lot of malls, and many of them, stunningly enough, have found a way to have distinctive features that makes them memorable. So around Yokohama station, there's our personal favorite, inside joke extraordinaire, Sotetsu join us. Join us! Hashtag join us. Uh, there is Porta, there's Moors, there's Vibure, there's Yokohama Bay Quarter, all of these places are malls. A lot of them have Starbucks, a Uniqlo, uh, a couple other fixtures of every Japanese mall, but they all are very unique. Sakuragicho Station has Landmark Plaza, Queen Square, Colette Mar, uh, the Yokohama World, World Quarters, Quarters, yes, which I forgot yeah. to put on my list. Uh, <laughs> my Aikatsu location of choice. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, all of those malls. I mean, like, you're like, why are, Why do they need so many malls? Uh, there was Gento, Rip Gento, Gento is dead. Um, Gento is dead. Gento is dead. It was in between Yokohama Station and Sakuragicho Station, and it was also a good Aikatsu spot if you wanted to get arrested by the police. Uh, <laughs> they also had a fantastic arcade there. Um, uh, the Taito, I think Taito Station? Um, yeah, there's a weird Taito Station by the name of Yokohama... Uh, Hajime Monogatari or something like that. It was supposed to be like a show of recreation of like old time Yokohama, except with modern arcade uh, flair. And the in uh, the interior of that was like really really well put together. Unfortunately, it died sometime in like two thousand what two thousand fifteen. This is the Gento one. Yeah, the Gento one. Wow, I went in there and I never actually noticed the that stuff. Unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I went on the last day they were open and it was sad. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like UFO catchers and like a Taiko, no, that's a machine. And that was all that was left that day. 
Oh, <laughs> yeah, it, it used to be a lot more lively. Um, of course, definitely catered a lot more towards the casual crowd. Kind of like um, uh, there's Dream Festa in World Porters on the 6th, 7th floor. Can't remember. But um, there, there's an arcade in World Porters that is most definitely definitely the place for couples who visit Minato Mirai. Couples who stare at me playing pop and music, yes. <laughs> they didn't even have uh when i visited they only had like what four taiko machines and one pop-in and the pop-in wasn't even up to date like they left it offline it was an offline fantasia and i'm like wow that's really interesting it was an offline fantasia because it was sunny park when i last played it so and it was mm. online but it had no possibility but whatever this this is irrelevant to the show oh they also have yeah. noted music <laughs> game noted music game anpan man popcorn Kojo 2, <laughs> which is the most popular yeah. music game in the world. The best one. The greatest one. Uh, last but not least, and sort of my uh, things that keep me coming back from Yokohama, it's seeking out more unique experiences. Uh, we have a lot of friends. They go to Tokyo and they stay in like, I'm not calling anyone out in particular. Uh, this is just because I took these examples, but Minami Senju and Ikebukuro. And especially the first timers, they tend to have a pretty cookie cutter trip to Japan with stereotypical anecdotes and being in yokohama means that what is normal for me is different from what's normal for most other people who go on trips to tokyo and i think that gives it a unique twist to my trips that other people don't get to tell the same stories i get to tell i definitely feel as though tokyo um tokyo city centers are a lot more dense than yokohama's i imagine that might play into it yeah another cool twist about being at yokohama in yokohama is that uh, closer distance to the rest of the prefecture means that I'm more likely to explore the rest of the prefecture than if I was staying inside Tokyo and had to take a 40-minute trip every time. Like, I've gone to Enoshima a bunch of times. I've gone to Kamakura. I've gone to... Uh, well, I want to go to Yokosuka this year, and maybe now that they have the Shenmue map, I'll actually do that. <laughs> uh, and, like, the Miura Peninsula looks amazing, and mm -hmm. we're probably going to go to the beach this year, so... It all works out. It's really cool. Kanagawa Prefecture is beautiful if you get to see it. It really is beautiful. And I um I definitely recommend the Enoshima area. Um if you if you only have so much time on your uh on a visit, um definitely visit Enoshima. It's beautiful no matter what time of year. Um the beaches are stunning. Enoshima itself, the island is um I like the the, the first the first words that came to mind were like packed with flavor. I'm not sure exactly <laughs> how to describe Enoshima, um, but it definitely is like a, a more unique kind of uh, diversion. Yep. And there are people surfing in January. This is the story I have to tell from my visit. There were people surfing in January. Um, but of course, like January in Japan is like our April or May here. So big deal. But <laughs> uh yeah, so every year I get to see more neighborhoods of Yokohama than I've previously explored. Um, l largely thanks to local friends who take me drinking in less central parts of town. Like, I've gotten to go to Hiyoshi and Tsunashima and other weird places on the Toyoko line that you never get off at. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of cool stuff there. So, Yokohama, it's awesome. And speaking of awesome, what would be the one thing you would recommend to people to check out in Yokohama if they're there? I've uh, we've already gone over Yoshimuria. Um, that was admittedly the one place that I had in mind. <laughs> However, I'm going to uh, kind of jump the gun here because I haven't 
been yet, but I hear along the same lines that the Yokohama Ramen Museum in Shin Yokohama is phenomenal. Like, um, so the Shin Yokohama Ramen Museum is this place where um, they take ramen from a bunch of places in Japan, like supposedly like handpicked best places. Just open up a like a satellite shop here, no big deal. Well, uh, and you could just go ahead and sample um, the ramen from all across Japan, even like Europe and America. They have like a German ramen, a New York ramen, and it's all set in this weird um, facade of old post-war Japan, um, the year that instant ramen was made. So it's so there's a lot of aesthetic to it, too, um, in addition to having, according to my friends, really, really good ramen. Mm, sounds good. And, of course, I'm always going to be a fan of, like, show aesthetic stuff because, like, I love show stuff. So do I. That's why we had a hell of a time at Onaiba last year. <laughs> yeah, no, I I love that place. I I I would go back for sure. Uh, okay, my recommendation is going to be a weird one, but I mean that's what you expect from the show. It's the Hara Model Railway Museum, which I went to a couple of years ago with a friend of mine. Um, it is the largest collection of model trains in the world, all made and owned by a single man, Nobutaro Hara, who is apparently 99 years old and still alive. He was still alive when I went, and uh, I got to see him. There are a few exhibit rooms featuring a whole lot of trains. I think it's upwards of 600 trains that are there. Uh, but the dioramas really take the cake. Uh, there's Ichiban Tetsumo Park, which is a giant model railway with various terrains and buildings, a rotating lineup of trains, an automated day and night cycle, all that stuff. And then in another room, there's a Yokohama diorama, which is what I use as my wallpaper on my iPad because it's impossible to find good iPad wallpapers in 2018. Um, and they really just took every neighborhood in Yokohama and shrunk it. To like a 30 centimeter by 30 centimeter square and they made a railroad that goes through it to mimic the various train lines uh that go around yokohama which is really cool it is not entirely accurate uh because of course you have to make sacrifices to make the diorama work uh there are some weird stuff like buildings being behind sakuragicho station that are technically in front of sakuragicho station but i'm not judging it's really awesome, but selfishly, I also chose this museum because its location is very good, because it lets you take a really cool walk. It is located between Yokohama Station and Minato Mirai Station, next to the Nissan HQ. Uh, and one of the things I really like when I'm in Yokohama is the walk from Yokohama Station to Minato Mirai, now that I know how to do it. <laughs> Going through Nissan HQ, through the Gento lot, which is now empty, which is really sad, but they also made a perfume music video there, so that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually know that. And then you go all the way to the gap between uh, Queen Square and Landmark Tower. Congratulations, you're in Minato Mirai. You can look at all the cool Minato Mirai stuff. Then when it's nighttime, you can go to Bashamichu by just walking a couple blocks and turning right. And there you are. You're in the best smelling part of town. <laughs> <laughs> and if you walk all the way to the end, congratulations, you're at Kenai Station. If you want to go watch a baseball game, the stadium is to your left or you can just go take the train back home so it's like it's a plan as well as a location which is what makes this location particularly good as opposed to anything else i could have chosen like i could have said go to round one but that's not fun <laughs> that's not no like you don't go to yokohama to go to round one no you go to yokohama to go to freedom 
<laughs> I mean, yeah. Or amusement ray factory Marius. I mean, th- those are your uh, those are your arcades. Um, <laughs> I definitely I definitely sneak in uh, visits to the Earth amusement park, the Earth in <laughs> Uh Used to be my um, my home away from home and the place where I would spend money earmarked for food on arcade games. So, once again, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. A, a funny thing is, I, I think I, I am you when it happened. Uh, when I was driving to Yokohama, my friend didn't actually know what highway exit to get off at, so we actually wound up in Kamioka just, like, by chance, because that was the exit she took when I told her, no, we've probably gone too far. <laughs> so, that was really funny. It was a flashback to uh the two or three times we went to the earth together which was fun times indeed yeah absolutely would do that again oh same Uh, (laughs) next time we're in japan together let's do stuff but for now our schedules don't seem to line up and there and then there's like woof which this is the most infuriating thing like woof always goes like a month and a half before i go and he's like (laughs) we could have hung out if you had gone on the right date and i'm like well, I'm not going to go to Kamatia. Like, sorry. Yeah, that's fair. That's totally fair. <laughs> yeah. In conclusion, Yokohama is dope as fuck, and you should go to Yokohama. Listen to us. We are experts. <laughs> I like. I. I honestly kind of worry that I'm not like selling Yokohama as hard as I should be because it really is a really nice place. Um, it words don't do it justice. I definitely point people there every time they take trips to Japan and they ha- seem to have a good time just wandering around and experiencing it. And it's it's just a really nice place to be. Yeah, the, the caveat I would sort of add is it's an okay city touristically. Like, I know that like, Minato Minai is, like, couple spot extraordinaire. Like, uh, I, I think mm-hmm. I've been to, like, all the places in Kanagawa and Tokyo that have, like, the plaque that says, this is a certified date spot in japan or something like there are actual plaques like that there was one of the i've never actually seen these plaques i I, I go to a lot of observation decks and they're often at the top of the observation decks there's like this is a certified dating spot and i'm like cool i came by myself uh but, (laughs) but yeah i mean it's a fine touristic city but i think it's much cooler as a hangout spot because there is so much cool stuff to discover and Really, the discovery is almost more fun than any single place, and that is why we recommend you just go hang out in Yokohama for a couple of days or a day and go see what you can find. Yeah, the best thing to do in Yokohama is to get lost in Yokohama. Definitely. And also, another tip, uh, Yokohama Seasider is a nice publication that focuses on cool stuff in Yokohama, and they it write in English so you can go read it. This is how I went wound up at a high school production of the xanadu musical a couple years ago (laughs) i was like i've never seen xanadu i want to go see xanadu i used to do musicals in high school let's go support this high school and i wound up watching xanadu so that was cool (laughs) go to yokohama kids it's awesome (laughs) yeah they can be found on the web at yokohamaseasider.com or on twitter at yokohama ssdr i think is the correct twitter handle for that no i didn't even know they were on twitter i follow them on facebook because they are the only thing on facebook aside from the japanese curling team that gives me joy (laughs) i don't even follow them on facebook i don't use facebook ever so i'm yeah it is it is in fact at yokohama ssdr on twitter cool so go follow them anyway that 
just about does it for this episode of the podcast. Uh, if you want to find the show notes for this episode, where I will link to Yokohama Seasetter and the bunch of other stuff we've mentioned, you can go to limitlesspossibility.net slash 91, or you can find all of the previous episodes at limitlesspossibility.net. You can find the show on Twitter at limipo underscore podcast. That's L-I-M-I-P-O underscore podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Sakurina. That's S-A-K-U-R-I-N-A. And you can find Maddie on Twitter at uh, at Spiritsnare. That's S-P-I-R-I-T-S-N-A-R-E. And we'll be back with Likarvi in two weeks. See you in two weeks.